0: Oh, shit. Nice. Mm. would you get? A tender piece, something? Tender? And like in the
1: spicy chicken sandwich.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds so good. So we have about an hour and change to discuss 35 minutes worth of music. Do you think we no, can yeah, do I, it? I, yeah, I it.
2: have a hard out in an hour and 45 minutes. That, well, let's
0: just do it, right? Everyone ready? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah.
2: Uh, no, I'm not ready. I'm going to go get your soda, so start without me. John thought of the name Beatles, and he'll tell you about it now. Jesus <laughs> Well,
3: I had a vision when I was 12. And I saw the man on the flaming pie. And he said, you are Beatles with the an A, and
0: we are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everyone is all in their place. Wait, I got to
1: peek. Now I'm Jeff.
0: Oh, my God. Welcome to Flaming Pie. Uh, I'm Jason. And like always, I am joined here in studio with my friend Leo.
4: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Ah, uh, and back in California, joining us by interwebs. I hate that yeah. by internet, Eric.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm, I feel I miss you guys. <laughs> oh, it was man. nice to it was nice to be around. Although I do have to say, uh, it is nice to be invited back on a podcast again. Now that I'm across the country.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so much more convenient. Uh, and speaking of joining us again, we have third time returning guest Al. What's up, Al? Hey
1: guys, not much, not much. All right, we Needed have a to do this.
0: Yeah, me too, man. We have a doozy on our hand. Uh, we're doing Rubber Soul and the uh, attached singles. Um, jeez. Let's just get into it. What's the basic uh, breakdown of Rubber Soul?
2: Uh, Rubber Soul is the album where the Beatles became
4: good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a... Uh, this is definitely... We're, we are leaving early Beatles period. Uh, and we are definitely in... Um, this, this is like mid-Beatles period period. Uh, it, which may only comprise about three albums,
4: so not quite. Um, well, it's
2: not late Beatles. It's not early Beatles, but it is uh, every, the the most universal consensus uh, Beatles. The middle Beatles. You it's know, not.
4: It's not acid Beatles. It's pothead Beatles. Right. Yeah, it's,
2: pot, it's, pot, yeah. it's pothead Beatles. They, uh, early Beatles is like PCP Beatles. Right. I thought <laughs> it was I mean, Beatles. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's uppers Beatles. Now we're into downers, Beatles. Eventually, we're getting into pure psychosis, Beatles.
5: Right. But have-
2: for now, uh, Rubber Soul is the sixth studio, sixth studio album. It was released on third December nineteen sixty five in the UK. Uh, recording sessions took place in London over a four week period, beginning in October nineteen sixty five. Uh, for the first time in their career, the band were able to record an album free of concert, radio, or film commitments. And uh, that you know, sounds like a nice way to work.
5: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
2: the title derives from the colloquialism Plastic Soul and was, the Beatles way of acknowledge, uh, and was the Beatles' way of acknowledging their lack of authenticity compared to the African-American soul artists they admired. It was the second Beatles LP to contain only original material. Uh, The songs demonstrate the Beatles increasing maturity as lyricists uh, in their incorporation of brighter guitar tones. I believe this is the Vox series seven period uh, with a solid state, solid state preamp. It gives you a nice, bright, brittle chiming tone before it hits the uh, smooth, warm power tube section. Um, The brighter guitar tones, new instrumentation such as sitar, harmonium, and fuzz bass, and the group striving for more expressive sounds and arrangements for their music. Rubber Soul was highly influential on the Beatles' peers, leading to a widespread focus away from singles and onto creating albums of consistently high-quality songs. It has been recognized by music critics as an album that opened up the possibilities of pop music in terms of lyrical and musical scope, and as a key work in the creation of styles such as psychedelia and progressive rock. John Lennon recalled that rubber soul was the first album over which the Beatles took control in the studio and made demands rather than accept standard recording practices.
0: Yeah. yep. You can, you can hear it across the board. Uh, Everything is, is different from help and everything that came before it. Um, from, like, everything... I feel like everything is double-tracked or layered in this uh, this album. Uh, Ringo was just really standing out to me across the board. Anyone who clowns on, on Ringo doesn't really have a case. Because uh, the beats that he chooses to use, uh, just the percussion uh, overlays in general, whether that's coming from George Martin suggesting it or whatnot, it's just... It's it's awesome. This, there's so many amazing things to talk about on this album, including the cover. Leo, uh, do you want to talk us? I mean, through?
2: I just want to say that's that's fake. That's not real. There's somebody somebody one? mocked that up.
0: The, the bottom one? one? The,
2: the, bu- the one with the bubble font, you know, like the... Where, where it says
4: the Beatles, the rubber, rubber sole on it. Like, I think that right, may have that, been an Australian like one or sounds. something.
2: They made it look like Pet Sounds. Right. Somebody, mm. Somebody's doing it funny. If you find it at the swap meet, don't, Oh, well, actually it looks pretty cool. Buy, Buy it.
4: You probably can sell it for more than you purchased it for
0: him. Absolutely.
2: If you strip it off, there's a pet sounds under there.
4: <laughs> All right. So this, the album of rubber, Soul. the album cover photo of rubber soul, um, the band's look on the cover matches the shift in sound on this record. The cover does not have the band's name printed on it. That's how we know the other one's a fake. <laughs> Uh, The guys are these guys are famous enough to just show their faces. They don't need their band name. They could probably just have toured posing for pictures alone. That's a joke for those of you who get it. (laughs) Uh, Again, we're talking a photo by Robert Freeman. Uh, He takes photos of these polo shirted lads at John's house in Weybridge. The band refused to smile for the photo because as everyone knows, marijuana use taxes the facial muscle muscles in such a way making it a total bummer to smile
0: yeah it's hard to smile when you're that high uh,
4: so back in london freeman shows the bands uh the photos he projects the images on a piece of cardboard the size of an actual album cover and just as they decide on which photo to use the cardboard falls back a little elongating the photo and there we have the photo we know today
2: uh, uh, that's, the one, that's it. Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you do that?
0: Right, right. Anyone who's seen the uh anthology, uh Paul recreates the uh the moment in in comical detail. That's so
4: I this only that. goes right.
1: forgot about that. This yeah. only
4: goes to prove that there's no such thing as a mistake. For sure. Everything is connected and we are all as one, writhing about on the surface of the rock being propelled through space and time as we revolve around the sun.
0: Wow, that's heavy, bro. So, Thank you, Leo. <laughs> my
4: exhaustive research on this photo led me to some very startling discoveries in the whereabouts of the lost Freeman photo archives, which we've discussed quite a bit. It's um, true, it's true. Thank time you. being the greatest of commodities. You'll have to scale a paywall to hear more on that.
2: I, yeah, can, I can feel like the walls of the paywall bulging. Like, like, <laughs> oh, there's like people people are trying to get in. There's so and much I can information feel the pressure back building, there. And we're going to let it build. We're going to let it build a little longer before we even let we start sticking coins in that slot. Before we even <laughs> really
0: start to populate our Patreon with any content beyond what I put up there already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a sucker born every minute. You said it. Um, so... Before going into all this uh, Does any uh, I want to just check in with People's um, Like history with the album Or any of the songs uh, Prior to this This was definitely
2: one of the first ones I ever owned on vinyl when I inherited My uncle's uh, record collection It was the US copy That starts with uh, I've Just Seen a Face uh, Which we talked about on the last uh, Official episode Oh Jesus Um, Christ <laughs> you know what you guys did? You gave oh. me a big, you gave me a big hammer, a big, a great big hammer. You know you got, you know, like the one you got in your bun, great big hammer, and said, "Here, why don't you beat me as hard as you can on oh, your head, as, as often as you want?" And I'm just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't start out the day thinking that's what I wanted to do, but well, all right, bam, bam, <laughs> bam, bam, bam.
0: We all learn from our mistakes.
2: So the punishment will continue.
0: I, we
1: are all prepared for your wrath.
2: Hey, you know what? You guys don't even know. I are we
1: in trouble because we did the the Shea Stadium show? Is that yes. what's happening? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's we, paid, we paid hard to ask this question. It's fine. Yeah. I've <laughs> Thank are, you I've for already clarifying.
2: Recorded a solo. I've already recorded a solo app without you guys in and the it chamber. Inserted onto the feed uh, in a couple months when I get it edited. <laughs>
1: Uh, how about is it the, uh, the get back six hour to get back documentary?
2: No, actually <laughs> I, I just talked to my friend, Max, who just saw Paul McCartney at SoFi stadium. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. We're flying into LA right at like six 30 yeah. at night locally. And I'm like, Oh, oh shit. We just flew we just flew over SoFi stadium. Max is there right now and he's getting ready to see Paul McCartney. So I texted him as we landed. I was like, we just, we just flew over you. And I was telling Henry, like, Paul's playing there tonight, like, what should he play? He's like, uh, he should play uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, you know, because that's Henry's favorite song, which was not on the set list. But oh, anyway, I, I did spend an hour talking to Max, just going through the highlights of that show, and I'm going to edit that together and uh, put it out as a little bonus episode. I
4: can't wait to hear it. Right on. Do you know anybody who um, may have captured audio? is that I well we had asking?
2: there was a vi- there was a video on youtube of the whole show that's what we kind of used as reference while we were doing it oh, great. Um, so i'm either going to use the audio from that or audio um, from something else if sounds I can like find a well thought
0: source. out well produced episode fuck
2: yeah we, we, yeah we got some we got some real meat on 2022 paul
0: you know fantastic um leo do you have any history with this before going into it any of the yeah, track stand out
4: this is one of the like cds that my someone in my family i think it was my uncle had left behind before he went to jail for a, 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 long, a long period of time a uh, and i spent quite a bit of time with this album actually uh but yeah the, that was that's my introduction to it
0: word al any uh i feel like we listened we may have listened
1: to this uh during oh most definitely probably more than any other Right, right. At that time, yep. but yeah, that's my personal history. A lot of it is just driving around, listening to it with you, <laughs> yep. smoking weed. That's, it's a,
0: it's a great, it's very fitting. Yeah, it's a great album for yep. that. Uh, and I guess
1: always one of my favorites, if not the favorite. Honestly,
0: yeah it's it's hard to pick a favorite, but this would be in my it top three for is. sure.
1: Yep. yep, yep.
4: I don't think you. I think it's a pretty
0: popular opinion. Like. With this album. Yeah,
2: this is this is a solid consensus pick, you
0: know. Right, uh, and I guess without any further further ado, we should just get into talking about the singles and the uh, the albums. But we're, we're going to talk about the singles first. We're uh, going to drop
2: right into the typo negative one. I really want to hear the typo negative day tripper.
0: Do you want to hear that first? Yes. Wow.
4: <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> we should probably hear it. After I don't him. give a fuck, man. He's nah, ready to well, go. I up feel is like down, I down that. is up.
2: Uh, where's typo? Oh, okay. I know I have it. Let's hear the original "Day Tripper" exactly
4: as the Beatles recorded. Let's hear the band that fixed this song.
1: I do have oh, it. Oh man, I haven't heard it before, so now I'm curious how they fixed it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So you like that? Oh.
2: Shit. You couldn't I, hear it. Oh, okay, was, hold on. Was, Give me
0: one second. I
4: was in another world. <laughs> um, so Underworld.
0: Underworld. Right? Give me one second. I'll get it over to it you. It sounded
4: a little like scratchy, um.
0: too. I think it's because it was I was trying to play it through. I need twenty seconds. Quick little okay. twenty second fucking and then Eric said I think we should hear the typo negative. <laughs> There's my edit point. Okay, you guys ready?
4: Eric took off. Yeah.
0: Oh, Eric, I gotta figure it out. Okay. I gotta figure it out.
2: My headphones broke, but it's okay. Oh shit. There
5: we go. <laughs> For the easy way out Got a good reason. For the easy way out now. She was a day one way,
0: to get, yeah. took me so Okay, so that's typo negative. I am a big fan of the fact
4: that um, on this album, the first song we played is typo negative. <laughs> and for it's more... A,
2: that's a little that's a little psychic gift for Leo, just to get him happy and engaged into the process. You know, we should do that in every
0: episode. That we, should be our new theme song. We really should. And for more... <laughs> the, the typo song. Yeah, for more yes. typo negative talk... Uh, you should check out the very first episode of Collapse Out. I've heard our, our,
2: that it's very good. I've heard that it's a very good episode.
0: It is a great episode, and we discuss typo negative, and it's awesome. Um, but let's—I think we should hear a little day tripper, the, just, the original. All right, just just to right. maybe ground ourselves.
4: distortion there. Turn that gain, uh... Droop
2: the mids.
0: So maybe not as thick as typo negatives. No, clearly bo- boss pedals have not yet been invented. Uh, right. So, um, Where's yeah. that
2: volume pedal? Bring that volume pedal back from the <laughs> Yeah, movie.
0: for sure. See for what sure. you can do with it. <laughs> so recorded October 16th in uh, Abbey Road Studio 2. Again, I will not repeat that over and over again. Uh, this was a Saturday you session. You said
4: that so many times, <laughs>
0: but I will con- continue to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this song was influenced greatly by the already recorded Drive My Car, so they were already sort of influencing themselves in a way. Uh, like,
2: dang, we get that fat bass swing on there, you know?
0: Right, right. Um, but this album as a whole is really Motown. Um, and stacks sort of, uh, inspired, even though it gets kind of branded as the country Western album, because that's how it was promoted in, uh, the U S it's really much more, um, Motown driven. Uh, this song, um, is, uh, heavily influenced by Otis Redding as well. Uh, who I believe George kind of brought, uh, to, to the party, um, even though I mean he was charting in the the UK at the time, anyways, uh, you can you can hear the the influence uh, on Ringo as well, where he's really just hitting the hitting the bass drum on the fours, uh, which is reminiscent reminiscent of Al Jackson, who was the house drummer for Stax. Um, and yeah, even to use the the term "day tripper" at that time. Uh, LSD was pretty much just—it uh, wasn't uh, a street drug yet. It was for the elite. It was for like the London and Hollywood kind of party uh, scene, but the, like the the really rich people were doing it. And and
2: Doctor Robert,
0: <laughs> right, right. So they're about a year to eighteen month, uh, eighteen months away from the Summer of Love and that whole thing being a. Uh, uh, in the mainstream so this is kind of like they're really kind of foreseeing what, what's to come as far as the hippies I feel
2: I once saw uh, the Swedish band Tradgras Ostenar uh, Trees, Grass and Stones uh, do a cover of Day Tripper they, they used to do it back in the 70s explicitly f- reframed as a protest song around Swedish bus fares um, <laughs> and uh, it was great you know Check it out. I think it's on one of their albums. I they do. I th- they play the song for like twenty minutes. Of course they.
0: Of course they do. Or, they of were a
2: minimalist. They, they were a minimalist kind of like trance band. So. Yep.
4: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Before we go on. Yeah. um Is there an Otis Redding song that you would like say?
0: Yeah. There actually go? is. Do you have one queued up? Yeah. Do you mind if I play it? Please do. That'd be awesome. <laughs>
2: Here, you can hear the walking bass line there. absolutely
0: just those heavy drums it's awesome man Otis Redding should be on everyone's playlist uh, for the summer and year round really fucking awesome and of course uh she's a big teaser originally she's a prick teaser we all that we we all knew You're that right. All right. Yeah, uh, probably a good change. Line. Probably a good way. change, right?
4: The was, she's a pretty,
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a good yeah. change. Um, That's the way
1: there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Classing
0: right. it up. Does anyone else have anything to say about Day Tripper before we move on?
4: Yeah, let's listen to the of negative no, version s- again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the other single, um... And I'm just going to play it right off the bat. We can work it out. Try to see it my way Do
3: I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way Run the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone We can work it out We can work it out Think of what you're saying You can get it wrong right. Work it out and get it straight Or say goodnight
0: <laughs> this song kills me every time, man.
2: This was in the sat list at SoFi Stadium.
0: Oh, uh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah, I would have added it. Recorded October 20th and 29th, the longest amount of time spent on any single recording to this point, uh, over 12 hours. 11
2: hours. So this is the beginning of the Paul, like, hey guys, I have an idea. Why don't you guys like do this over and over and over and over? No, 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 that's not quite (laughs) it, George. That's not quite it. I can hear myself always kind of annoying you, but just keep doing it and don't do what you thought you would do. Uh, here's the melody I heard when I was dreaming the other night. And it's exactly <laughs> like this, da, 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 da. and then okay. But it wasn't Paul's idea to do the waltz. Whose idea was the waltz?
0: I believe it was George. Um, yeah, who so brought George that did have some
2: good ideas after all. Yeah, he thought, mm, I'm sure Paul will uh, will give me my due and and be open to my ideas in the future.
0: He's definitely going to support me <laughs> the the whole journey here after this contribution for sure. Yeah, he's
2: got some ideas for Hey Jude. <laughs>
0: Uh, but but George would play with those time signatures not quite as much as John would but you can hear it in like um you know his later stuff for sure um so John added the amazing in my opinion uh middle eight those harmonies in there and that it, that just crushes me man
2: this is the this oh, is yeah. kind of the first of several songs where it's John and Paul arguing with or just kind of kind of you know counterbalancing one another a little bit or you're countering one
1: another i guess
2: is the word totally
1: mm-hmm. totally um and this is yeah, b- they're very different parts the two things like it's they're they're almost like totally different things that just right together. Full
2: of shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah you can almost hear it um and this is the first of the Jane Asher inspired songs that Paul is um, has written during this uh, recording period, um, and his his lyrics actually are at his most Lennon esque to this point. Um, he, you can really kind of hear him kind of trying to work shit out in his lyrics. Um, it's very tense. That- yeah,
2: he is. Uh, this is a song about gaslighting Jane Asher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, the, Who,
2: uh, famously has never spoken really at any kind of length about her relationship with Paul <laughs> was so deeply like, fuck this guy. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> I, uh, you are done, man. Get, sh- get out, go off and marry Linda. We are done. I'm, I'm not sh- even going to like wipe the dust off my shoes, you know? That's Jane Asher. That's me doing Jane
0: Asher. (laughs) I'm sure it was pretty intense dealing with Paul McCartney at this time or really any other. I don't Uh,
2: think he was super uh, fidelitous.
0: Oh my god. um, A lot
2: of opportunities.
0: Every time it's brought up. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: can imagine.
0: (laughs) Right? Um, The harmonium uh, that is featured in that Waltz-style breakdown we were discussing, uh, every time it's brought up, it's called the Salvation Army uh, Harmonium. So I'm not sure if John or Paul or whoever got it at the Goodwill, basically, and then just kind of threw it on this album and, and albums to come. Works
1: works well there.
0: It really does.
2: They probably sent Mal out to get it. You know?
0: <laughs> right, right. And this, this was the uh, number one in the U.S. and the U.K., the fastest rising single they had since Can't Buy Me Love. And as you mentioned, it really foreshadows Paul's uh kind of just rising up and just starting to battle with, with John. And you can you can hear it as as good as the song is, it's kinda of contemptuous uh with Jane Asher and with uh John and Paul. You can hear it. Uh so unless Leo, what what do you think? Dig that track? I
4: think it's a great song. <laughs>
0: awesome so uh let's dive in to the uh album proper right yeah
1: all right i would just say actually that i always forget that those two singles i don't forget i just don't really think about the fact that they came right before this and so i don't always associate them with it but i guess it makes total sense
0: right right i mean they sound more like this than they do um help i guess you know, you can, yeah. you can feel the transition. They do kind of sound oh, yeah, right in the middle yep.
4: of yep. the two albums.
0: Yep. There's
2: a thick weed cloud around
0: these songs. Oh, I absolutely. I mean, that's true of help
2: too. I mean, it's just like, right. it took a while to kind of soak in, you know, to where you could feel it in the studio.
0: For sure. And they may have taken acid, I think by this point too. This is the first, I mean, they took, or no, I this would, they've. This is the second or third uh, acid trip. This is the big acid trip that they had out in uh, California. But we'll we'll get the to Beatles that. Did drugs? They actually did, and <laughs> uh, I think we should uh, let's get into it with "Drive My Car." Um, a fantastic, right, yeah.
2: Spr- it was spring of '65. Apparently, was the first first LSD. So they're probably a couple trips uh, in.
0: So. Yeah, because this is no- October, November, October release, December. Yeah. Great. Uh, so yeah, October thirteenth. Fun 13th. To take a trip, put acid in your veins. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, Paul was quoted at the time uh, that the band was interested in writing joke and comedy songs. Did you come across that when you were reading, uh, Eric? I
2: I haven't, but, you know, Brian Wilson said the same thing about that was the whole idea behind Smile. So apparently everybody thought it would be really great to do funny shit uh, when they were high as
0: hell. Yeah, like more more (laughs) like whimsical songs, more songs with... um, A story to to tell, and not just like a Dylan esque story. Sometimes just like a witty, just witty weird shit.
2: And drive my car kind of both uh, suit that. uh, Which is interesting because then later you know you start Sergeant Pepper starts off with the two like childhood songs of uh, Penny Lane and and Strawberry Fields. So they start they ease their way into the album with a unified concept that then gets dropped. But still, kind of informs where they're going with it,
0: right? Right. Uh, you could all they they were also sort of interested in in like genre experiments for the uh, some of the first time outside of maybe Mister Moonlight, which I still champion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that you can see some of the influences of of that sort of mentality on this album, and um, I don't know. Let's start it up with with uh, Drive My Car. Beep, I did beep, not mean beep, that. Beep, yeah. I did not mean that, pun. Start it, the Start it up. I did not mean that. So the bass line is all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're not quite to the paperback writer stage yet, uh, which will come after this, where they learn to really record the bass properly. But Paul is, is already just like, fuck it. I don't care. I am throwing down. And you can really yeah, yeah. hear Yeah, this whole it. album
1: is that. It's like the album Paul Paul learned how to really play bass. Like, yeah. yeah. And he already could for sure
2: i would i would stop short of calling the 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 basic track funky but it's syncopated and there's things you know there's beats moving against each other there's a there's a really ringo's just doing bump cha bump cha and then but then the bass is do 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 and then there's a so there's there's like there's friction there's friction between the parts yeah the piano is sliding against that so when you layer those elements together, it's almost in the vicinity of being funky.
0: Absolutely. For, for, some,
2: for some rubber soldiers. Sure.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of juxtaposition in the, in the different parts and it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. So Paul came to the studio basically with a, a pretty basic outline. Uh, but uh, again, George suggested a uh, little Otis Redding and, uh, They were, again, super inspired by that. The Motown uh, and Stax uh, sound, heavy bass, layered percussion. Uh, It was really just what they were into. And and Otis uh, was paying attention, for sure. And in sort of a reversal, uh, I want to give you Otis's retort to uh, all this Beatles uh, interest. (laughs) So yeah, everyone's listening to each other, which is awesome. So as much as they were inspired, uh, Otis was also just into what the Beatles were doing and did his own version of "Day Tripper," which is awesome. It's pretty cool too. I've never
1: heard that. I like I like that a lot actually. Yeah, as Beatle as covers go,
0: for sure. Very energetic. Um, yeah. As far as other stuff that's kind of out there at the time. In the whole, uh, geez, in the vein of the like parody or joke songs that are going on, or story songs, uh, the Who had recently put out um, anyway, any anyhow, anywhere. Uh, the Yardbirds' uh, "For Your Love" was uh, kind of popular and in the charts, and Unit Four Plus Two's "Concrete and uh, Clay." I'm not sure if you guys know those tracks, but they're uh, if you hear like uh, classic rock radio. They've, they've definitely <laughs> been been on there. Uh, let me see. I got. Yeah, I don't know the last one. I know the first two. Oh, unit four plus two. Do you know that, Eric? No. All right. Let's hear that one at least out of that.
4: As roses in the morning, and you to me are soft as summer rain, and don't kill a shade. That's like something red. The sidewalks in the street,
3: the concrete, and the clay beneath my feet begins to crumble. But love will
2: never die.
0: It's pretty fucking groovy. Yeah,
2: that's solid. Mm. Yeah, I've never
1: heard that.
0: Yeah, Unit 4 plus 2. So th- th- these are just some of the other uh, artists that are floater- floating around. So 6?
1: Were they doing- six? Was really just Unit 6?
0: I believe so. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, any other thoughts on the amazing opening Drive My Car?
1: The bass is um, doubled by the guitar pretty much the entire time. It gets brought down a little during the chorus, but the verses and everything, it's it's doing exactly the same thing as the bass the whole time. Yeah, I always exactly. wondered if Paul just did it himself because it's the same part.
2: Yeah, it's really locked in, and uh, it just sounds really thick. You know, in absence of having mm-hmm. like a super booming, you know, John Entwistle bass on there, like at least there's a really thick bass guitar sound. Uh, yeah, and that you know that kind of becomes the basis for uh, Cheap Trick. You know, always had like the the eight string bass or the twelve string bass, and that's kind of the sound they're going for is like bass doubled by guitar, right?
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh guys, let's move on. Uh I'm just going to play I mean this I'm just going to play the fucking next song. Just play the next. One. So cinematic sounding to me.
4: I stood in the dirt, but everyone <laughs> We'll
0: get there. Um, but yeah, just especially even just it's the matching of the acoustic guitar and the sitar. Um, it just it, it sounds cheesy, but I like it sometimes can literally give me like shivers. <laughs> it's crazy. It's one of it's one of my absolute favorites. Um,
2: yeah, I, I just I'm transfixed by the thought of uh, the inscrutable Bob Dylan getting deep inside John Lennon's head. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get
0: there. So recorded October 12th and 21st. Um, so one of the first times you can really point to in the Beatles, at least, where the lyrics are becoming more important than the music per se. Um, just it's it's like it's a poem. It's obviously Dylan biting. Um, they've hung out. Dylan-esque. Dylan-esque, uh, yes. Um, but don't just blame John, because Paul added a, a, a really significant portion to this song, um, including the uh, the title line, Norwegian Wood, and the whole bit about burning the furniture or house <laughs> down at the end it's
2: pr- you know it's pretty it's pretty subtle like it's pretty yeah. subtle I don't think a lot of people at the time picked up on like, Oh shit, he burned the house. Like it's, <laughs> yes. a, it's, that's like, I, don't, kind of anecdote I don't have that's a made,
4: job. I'm going to burn your house down. <laughs>
2: that's made for VH one 30 years after the fact, like, Oh yeah. And then everybody's like, Oh yeah, of course, of course it's about burning the house down. Like, yeah, I totally got that. It's a pretty
0: gnarly line if that's what it is as a kid. I always kind of just imagine him starting a fire in the fireplace being bummed out maybe yep. a little yep.
4: waiting for the lady to come back and
0: but maybe i didn't have the angst and rage at any one woman or journalist or photographer's wife to want to burn someone's house down or their furniture
2: yeah so the 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 innovation well or the the glomming on to the bob dylan uh thing is like rather than singing about how like i so to this point the beatles have sung about how they Love a girl, or how the girl has made them sad, or how they're going to beat beat up the girl. Um, but now it's just like, "Hey, babe, I'm cooler than you. I'm I'm way cooler." Yes, that's that's the that's the Dylan pose. It's like, um, right? You're you're so soft and thick-headed and, and so stupid you and squishy. You know.
0: <laughs> um. So as we mentioned, the Beatles had already hung out. Uh, and took acid, but this was the when they were in California the, during their last tour, they had rented a house in Mul- on Mulholland and just held a bunch of parties there. That's where Peter Fonda bummed them out by saying, I know what it's like to be dead. Um, but yeah. that's also where they hung out with the birds uh, and really got into some of this uh, more Indian sounding music that George was already inspired by, but they had they had worked a lot with the birds at this point and you can you can kind of hear it you know in this song where the, i mean the guitar is sort of sort of acting as a high register tambora in a way just yeah, kind of like
2: I, highly compressed acoustic guitar that's like squeezed against the speaker you know it's like everything gets like uh squishy against the glass like pushed up against the you know compression is like a glass window and you push things against it
0: right right so so there's a lot to do about this song and I'm going to quickly try to get through the last of it here. So it's been long rumored that this song is about John's affair with jur- journalist Maureen Cleaves, who is famous for the we're bigger than Jesus quote. Hey, she
2: got, she got him back. Yeah. he might've burned her house down, but she, she's like, uh, how about I burn your relationship to the most of the U S audience, especially the Southern
0: Bible belt. Um, But it is probably more likely about the wife of our favorite photographer, Robert Freeman. Um, Yeah, his wife, Sonny Drain, was a a model uh, and was seen around the Beatles uh, during the filming of Help and kind of after that. And um, that's the more likely candidate in this whole thing.
4: Did One of the Beatles... Play around. Okay, with sunny
1: drain.
0: Yeah, Sonny Drain. Sorry if you missed any of that, Eric. Uh,
2: what, ha- what was the last thing you heard me
0: say? You no, it was it was more of anything I may have said. And what, some of the last things on this track is yes, Bob Dylan was also aware that the Beatles were paying attention and being influenced by him. So, as sort of a diss track on Dylan's Blonde on Blonde album. We have the song Fourth Time Around. Let's just hear a little bit of that.
3: So I put my hands in my pockets and filled with my thumbs.
2: Oh God! <laughs>
0: mm. Okay, so the lo-
2: <laughs> hey, well, not the first time Bob Dylan is gonna basically lift somebody's track wholesale and not
0: give them credit, <laughs> or just angrily retort in a song like that. But yeah, I I can't say enough about Norwegian Wood, but. We all have, so it's time to move on.
4: <clears throat> I like both of those songs. And I and I kind of like how they both remind me of
0: each other. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Out. And you'll find both of them on I, our Spotify I like playlist.
2: Guys, I like these guys just like psyching each other out, you know? Like
0: Yeah. I like a little uh musical uh rap kind of rap battle sort of thing yeah. going it's on. It's
2: a cutting contest.
0: Right. So the next track, You Won't See Me, recorded November 11th. Okay. Yeah, an- she, yeah she won't. She won't see them. <laughs> she absolutely won't, because this is another of the three Jane Asher-inspired songs. She's like, after album. that
2: shit you pulled with We Can Work It Out, you're going to you expect me to see you? No thanks, buddy.
0: <laughs> so again, the uh, newly found bass prowess of Paul, and all I have to say is... Uh, can the tambourine be any higher in the mix across the board here? The stony ooh-la-la-la. Come on. It's great. It's very stony, yes. I can feel... I feel like George's uh, vocal backups are a little stronger there. I always love to hear a little George in the background. Uh, And that drum pattern Ringo's playing... Very interesting.
2: Triplets, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, just in a... I don't know. It's in a u- unique pattern on the on the hi-hat. It's Yeah, I find it very cool. And again, the overlay percussion, tambourine, maracas, probably a, you know, a drum case. Uh it's just awesome. On this percussion,
2: middle eight, air candy, yeah.
0: It's just the middle eight right here. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, the backing vocals are pretty killer. Absolutely. Talk to me, guys. What do you think? It's cool, but I'm just like, nowhere
2: man is coming up.
0: It's you like, what the go? fuck am
2: I supposed to say about, like, right.
0: uh,
2: yeah, yeah, everybody likes you won't see me. It's okay. It's, it's, for
4: filler? These guys are from
0: England and who gives a shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: no, for filler, it's pretty awesome. These
2: guys are from Ireland and who gives a shit?
0: <laughs> Al, what do you think?
1: I think there's a lot of cool things in there. I think I like the um, the part that just happened there, the middle eight when he uh, at the end when John changes to "No, I wouldn't, No, I wouldn't." He was singing a harmony, and, and they just split there, and he does they overlap each other, kind of different. St- I, I like that part.
0: Yeah. And, right.
1: Um, also, the the "You Won't See Me" part, the, the it's kind of a call and response. You know, he says it, and then the the backup vocals say it. And during that, it their line counterpoints the bass. I always like the bass goes down and they go up.
0: Right, right. That's awesome. Cool little thing. So, <laughs> we're all super excited to move on to nowhere, man. Oh uh, man, what a yeah. what a track! October. Yeah, this is a, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I'll no, just bang no. out a little bit. October twenty first and twenty second. Uh, the third of John's confessional song, uh, songs, including help and I'm a loser. Uh, we find John ensconced in his fat Elvis period here alone and mega wealthy in his mansion. Weybridge,
2: Weybridge estate. Yes. With his personal acid room uh, set away <laughs> from the rest of the family. So In a loveless marriage. A loveless marriage and a son that he could barely bring himself to look at. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he's ensconced so far away from him in the house that he can't hear John's Raving midnight screaming <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Torture tortured acid reveries.
0: Right. Um, but there's a lot to like about this song. Um, including John and George um doing a double guitar solo with uh amazing Sonic Blue Fender Stratocasters that Leo and I did look up last night. It's more of yeah. a Robin's egg color, but Yeah,
2: there's beautiful. a lot going on. I, I was just going to say, this is a song that, I mean, this is almost the, maybe the first one where it's just like, I can't even think about it in terms of like facts and dates and yeah, lyrics. And it's just like, you put the song on, it's just like staring into the sun. It's I'm like going to do it. It's a golden warm glow that just bathes your entire body. And you're just like. Oh. Sitting
4: in like this? No the nowhere harmony.
5: Making
2: all his
3: nowhere
2: Everything's. And smooth and so glued together, I can't fucking believe it. It's true. There's no difference between guitar and voice, and it's just it's all this is shoegaze. This is like this is the this is the birth of like completely abstracted sound, you know?
0: It's a fabric of sound, yes.
2: Abstract, abstract. <laughs>
0: Oh, so good.
2: Now, do you think that's bridge pickup or is that a middle bridge setting? Is that like a? I love
0: that harmonic at the end there.
2: <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I get in? I yeah, was just please. Saying I can't. I can't talk about like facts or nitty-gritty. Let's but, do it. Uh, at the time, a three-position the Strat was a three-position switch. You know how you're more used to the five-position, where you can set it in between. <laughs> The pickups, but at the time it was a three-position. So to get a get an in-between setting, you had to just carefully bring the the switch to where it sat between the two settings. There was no groove there for it to set it. So if indeed that is a uh, bridge middle hybrid setting, it's likely that they had to kind of really, you know, maybe even tape it into place. To to fiddle
1: with it,
0: yeah, that's wow. amazing. I mean, it's That'd probably
2: awesome. just a bridge. Yeah, yeah. Mel has to sit there and hold it. Or that red or they just get that red headed kid who's holding up the lyrics. Oh yeah, me. he
0: was amazing. The 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 music stand guy.
2: Yeah, and he wrote a book that, like, I, I worked with the Beatles for 18 minutes.
0: And let's not bur- let's not say anything wacky because I feel like I could get him on the podcast. Let's just not say anything wacky. Yeah,
2: let's, wack. yeah he's, 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 he could be a good. <laughs> yep. How yep. about that cop? How about that cop? That I, we guy? could get
0: him, too. I've seen him on a lot of he's podcasts, so Peter let's just Jackson, not say anything wacky about him talked either. talked to
2: everybody. Peter Jackson talked to all those guys, and that footage is, like, yet to be seen.
0: Yeah, so let's not you know? burn the cop or, or the redheaded music stand. <laughs> we could scoop Peter Jackson. We could scoop Peter Jackson. Awesome. So he, he, he'll he come on,
4: uh, you know, the cop will appear on podcasts under any conditions.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, you know, actually, all you have to do to get that guy to show up is go up on the roof and like podcast too loud. And then he comes around and says, oh, we'll do that here.
0: We'll have them bumble up to us. No, you turn that sound Yeah, now. you'll
2: set set up some cameras in the bottom of the house, and you know have have like a fake wall set up. And
0: yes, I can't wait to do our fourteen hour.
2: It's just it just like in it's just like in the freaking get back. Remember? Yes, yes.
0: we will do a fourteen hour get back uh, podcast <laughs> at
4: some point. one of those hats with this strap that
2: the most in depth analysis of the making of a single podcast episode. that's ever <laughs> it will be
0: amazing. <laughs> So, uh, let me just get through some dry facts on this amazing song. Paul's using a new bass. He's got a new Rickenbacker. Okay, it's the 4001S. Do you guys know what that is? The
2: one that, by the time of Get Back, has a broken uh, nut. He's complaining that the string keeps slipping out of the nut.
0: So, that's the so same one. So, he can't one. play his
2: beloved Rickenbacker. You Crazy.
0: Know? So, much like yesterday, John claims that he basically had a... Bad night of writing in the acid room, presumably couldn't write shit, woke up and just had this song dancing around in his head, um, just waiting for the world to hear it. Um, You know who wouldn't hear it on Rubber Soul is the United States.
2: Oh, Oh, fuck. Yeah, because
0: sorry, not on Rubber Soul. You got moved to basically a singles compilation. Yesterday and today? That's the one. Give me your bloody baby give me the
2: butcher. Yeah. Give me the butcher cover. Right. Let me hear nowhere,
0: man. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Um, any final thoughts on nowhere, man? I do
2: want to, uh, I do want to drop into Sir Richard Bishop's medley, uh, called nowhere over the rainbow. I don't have it queued up now, but you can do, I it can as do as that can. in post. Yeah, we'll in do in that. Post, yeah. So it's a solo <laughs> guitar arrangement, which combines, uh, somewhere over the rainbow with nowhere, man, seamlessly. As if they were the same song, and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. And we'll, we'll hear a little bit of that uh, here, there, and everywhere.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say the harmonies in this are so like tight together that I have a hard time picking them out individually. Like, you, it's hard to stay on one and not cross into a different one when you try to sing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are. It's it just it all becomes one sound.
1: Right. that's probably the first time that's been a thing. I could probably pick out any individual line up to this point in any of their songs. And now it's like, Oh, can't do it. Yeah. It's It's basically a
0: a wash of Beatles.
1: (laughs) It's
0: it's intense. Oh, also
1: I did want to I did want to say it's also a song that is either part really the chorus I mean it's just like an awesome part and then they just kind of go to this other pretty cool part and back to the awesome part right yeah
2: what is what is the verse what is the chorus who knows yeah for sure
1: they're each time so I mean it's not even really like that same chorus again well they're notorious
0: for just super creative arrangements in general, whether they right? start with the chorus, just like right off the bat. Oh yeah. yeah. And just,
1: you're going to you know, find more on this album too, is the same way. Just kind of no real chorus, just cool parts.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's awesome. What do you got there? Can, Eric? You,
2: can you see this little, uh, you know, any Beatles uh, vinyl collectors familiar with these little ads for ematex record cleaner. And you have to wonder what is ematex and is it any good? And can I get one now? And the answer is no. And no, Uh, the Ematex is an EMI product that was a latex rubber impregnated cloth that you would use to rub across the record. Uh, and the rubber would kind of just like catch any dust while leaving a lot of rubber debris behind. But back then needles were like these gigantic heavy knitting needles. So they're just, you could trust that they're, they're just going to drop onto that groove and just like drag anything out of there, you know?
0: My dad oh. had a really weird, um, it had like a wooden handle and it was oh, like yeah? a rubberized thing that you would clean the record. I wonder if that, because he would have fucking seen that. I wonder if it was available in the, I'm going to, I'm going to check with him, see if that. Yeah. I mean, those, you,
2: you can get all kinds of record brushes, but the, oh, the Ematex exactly one is uh, not, you know, for a product that has continued to have this afterlife by, you know, being visible, part of, in it, Embedded part of the design <laughs> of all Beatles albums for eternity, right? Is completely vanished from the earth. You know, there's no like, can we like reboot
0: the name, the product for hipsters? Yeah, what are, what are the, the, What's the, the uh, right property? Of That's Amitex. what I mean. Like, can we, can we just, spell it differently, well, we'll, slightly differently? You know, or
4: we'll, just, we'll, some rip on some like Vandalay Industries thing? Yeah, it sounds like Vandalay.
0: There's <laughs> <laughs> some Vandalay Industries shit. Okay, guys. Um. Think Relaunching Ematex. Yeah, yeah, we got to save that. That's got to be behind a deep paywall because someone with more money will sue us. Will, will find it's, it's it. We'll find it. This kind a laser. It's it. it. kind of
2: like a laser that shoots around oh, the room. Like, God, it's fucking brilliant. A bunch of laser pointers that say Ematex on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to we got to move on this album. So think for yourself. November recorded November eighth. Uh, this was an early hour session. Uh, they were really trying to get this album out before Christmas. And they basically had a month and a half to do it. Um,
2: and they'd already burned 11 hours on We Can Work It Out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so, George, uh, this is one of two George songs on the album. He had three credits overall because there's a track where everyone gets a little bit, a little taste of it. Um, politically inspired, perhaps, or uh, motivated. The amazing thing uh, that I discovered in doing this podcast i always thought the really cool fuzz sound was a keyboard not thinking that it was a second bass track yeah that they used um the main fuzz, unfuzz direction, bass. Direction. yep yep the unfuzzed bass track always drew my attention because it's bouncing around and yeah uh, really? i knew they were messing around with keyboards and i just always thought that that was a a keyboard but yeah two. there's a
2: crazy ass little farting bass sound that is bow, 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 bow.
0: yeah i think we should hear it right yeah I, yeah i did right now sure if is it, that all right oh it, sorry leo that,
4: cut me off fuck I, I
0: didn't i was hot
4: on the trigger to
3: say
0: Oh, I apologize.
4: This song has made me. I mean, I'm a lover of fuzz pedals, and I generally, you know, drifted towards the more like um, like modern heavy fuzzed out shit. But this made this and listening to like Osmondantes basically makes me want to get an one of those vintage style fuzzes.
2: Sputtering gated fuzz.
4: Yeah. Um. So I thought this might be like a Maestro like fuzz, but I, I what I read was that the um. The technical people at Abbey Road were building like little fuzz boxes for guitar use. And wow. that's likely what was used here, you know.
0: That's crazy. So they were just, these guys were just, I mean, they're electrical. Yeah. And musical engineers, they know how to do that, I guess. Some, wow, that's some awesome. Sounds, yeah. yeah, that's sick, man. So just, they're really getting, obviously, into the experimental. And I love how that they, they have enough clout at this point that they can they can you know have their engineers basically fucking destroying or rewiring equipment you know yeah
4: and also you know what from my understanding is a lot of these like fuzz type effects weren't really available easily uh around that time in great britain so you know i, I can see a studio going like creating something and being like hey this is part of our you know sound here we we have this at our disposal you want that sound you got to come here
0: yeah right that's awesome. Talk to me, guys. What do you
1: think? Yeah, I think, I think this is song. George's best song up to this point.
4: I think people can figure it out for themselves Sorry, I like Eric. this song or not. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I think this is George's best thing up to this point, and one of his best overall. Actually, I love this song. I think it's it's definitely one of his best.
0: Yeah, for during his Beatles period. uh, the Beatles right, right. ears for sure, uh, yeah. And
1: I like all the percussion stuff on it too. I mean, it's everywhere on this album, but it like, really, in the in the verses of the, the egg shaker kind of makes it sleazy sounding. Absolutely. And then, it, and then it doubles up on the chorus, just like the drums.
0: It's absolutely a a groovy masterpiece, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh. So next up. Well, wasn't there like oh, the sorry. reason
4: why they had, they had to do a second bass line was because of. Vocally, yeah. There
2: yeah. was apparently there's some kind of bleed. That, you know, they had bounced stuff down, so there was uh, stuff baked into the track that they couldn't like mix out. So they had to kind of cover it up with more distorted bass.
0: <laughs> I think that's awesome. So uh, the the fact that they had a fuck up, and it's a George song, so they're not gonna like burn more Redo tape <laughs> or burn more time. And John's not coming back in, and, <laughs> and so have- they're just gonna try to.
4: Better to have vocal leakage than anal
0: leakage. Absolutely. Boom. Yeah. Love that shit. Leo I came up with that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, should we move on to the word?
2: Yes. This, this is a fascinating, you know, you go from like, I'm a nowhere man to this is one of John's first, like I am Jesus incarnate. I radiate light for the world, you know, <laughs> right. songs. Yeah, say this, the word and be like me.
0: For sure. <laughs> and again, I feel like they were just Nostradamus-like or super clairvoyant musically here. Yeah,
4: I always uh, thought it was a little sarcastic, but like, say the word and be like me. I, was, I don't know. I always took it with a grain of salt. and I thought it was more of like a sarcasm.
0: Oh, it, it very well thing. could be, but it certainly probably uh, wasn't. i'm
2: here to show everybody the light
0: (laughs) (laughs) so oddly uh this song was an attempt to write a song with one note um they clearly failed because there's more than one note yeah there's a couple yeah. (laughs) yeah uh they go on to do slightly better with uh tomorrow never knows on the next album but let's just hear the attempt let's just hear how many notes uh they actually get into uh the the word let's count them yeah you know, let's count the notes
4: <laughs> oh, <man>. 17 notes. <laughs> no, you guys were counting on <laughs>
0: uh, so uh, kind of a Wilson Pickett inspired uh blues number. Uh, uh that piano intro. The Beatles love the Goons and the Goon Show. Uh, that, that they would use the goon and the goon show would kind of use that piano interstitials kind of quite a bit uh, yeah. comical like Groucho marks like fall offs uh, uh, even George Martin would kind of the way he like it comes up later in a, in a song um, so yeah the, that's Paul at the beginning uh, it's it's fucking really sick baseline,
2: it kind of uh that doo doo doo, uh, Shows up in rain later on, right? Yep,
0: yep. I mean, they're just fucking
2: is this kind warming of like up. Uh, leading us into tomorrow, never knows. Trying to do a song with one
0: note, yep, absolutely, absolutely. psychedelic
2: proclamations uh, pro- from on top of the mountain of acid
0: consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, there's some backwards drum fills. Um, they're not quite that the, the tape isn't being played backwards, but Ringo's going. Uh, backwards around the kit for and for a left-handed drummer i'm not sure if that's easier or harder to do um
2: he always said he always said that he had one specific way of doing fills that was you know a result of him being left-handed in the way he set up his kit. so he's doing backwards for him which sounds interesting and strange right
0: right and as a psychedelic experiment um again pre-hippie they they kind of wrote the lyrics out in crayon. Um, you can see those pictures online uh, with them kind of doing it. I forget what photographer was around taking pictures at the time, but you can see those pictures out there.
4: What makes it so interesting that they did it in crayon?
0: And they, were just on, they were just high, man. So it was just like, I don't know. They wrote Psychedel- the lyrics out in crayon. It's psychedelic, man.
4: Save that with the British
0: accent, though. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's psychedelic. It's a, bit of psychedelic. It's, a, it's a bit psychedelic. It's quite psychedelia. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of
1: psychedelia.
0: Um, yeah.
1: This is another no chorus song, or more like the main thing is just a big chorus. The, the word, the word, the word. It, it's the <laughs> chorus, I guess. Um the other part's really cool. I like the guitar lick in it. The little bang damn damn It's cool. Absolutely. And it's not really counterpoint, but it descends while the bass progression ascends, which I kind of like still, even though yeah. it's not really counterpoint.
2: And uh and more kind of interesting syncopation on this track where where yeah. a really s- boom chick boom chick bat beat has these kind of like countermeasures or counter beats against it.
0: Yeah, the song just fucking moves. I mean, you can't like not bop your head to this. And I feel like again, that's probably Motown stacks driven. It's just a, it's just yeah. Is it funky or yeah, swinging oh, it's,
2: uh, it's almost kind of funky. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's getting the there at least. Is. Yep. These hockeys. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, okay, we got to do this eventually. <laughs> These guys are white. Yeah, they are. Oh my God! So we gotta, we we do have to move forward here. And this is my first speed bump of the album. Uh, some people really love this next song. Um, it's always been a bit of a skipper for me, uh, but we have Michelle uh, recorded November third. Uh, so this song has a uh, an old history, or a long, I'm sorry, this song has a, a long history with Paul. Um, it started off as a six bar sort of guitar busk, Paul would play outside of the Liverpool art school. Um, trying to get birds presumably. Um, but uh, going on with the comedy or joke sort of thing that they had going, this is a, like kind of a genre experiment in a way. Um, and I just got, I don't know. This is like, the first outside of yesterday, this I always just thought this song was sappy.
2: Yeah, it's corny as hell.
0: And oh, corny, yeah, that's that's even better. Uh, but we got to hear it, uh, due to podcast protocol. Someone's trying to play it, I think it's Eric. We shall We don't need to belabor Michelle, but
4: yeah, I would, I'm sure it's out there, but I would love to hear a version of this without the main vocal, just like the backing vocals and the rest of the music, because the backing vocals are fantastic. They're haunting. and
1: Yeah. That's the redeeming factor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, not redeeming like it needs redeeming. <laughs> for me, it was kind of a skipper too, but if I'm listening to it, I'm focusing on those back vocals. Well, Cause they're beautiful. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And they, that's the perfect term for it they are absolutely haunting um, uh, so supposedly the the I Love You triplet was inspired by uh, Nina Simone's I Put a Spell on You which is also an amazing track Do you guys get, will you indulge me a little Nina perhaps go for it please Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> Dude, Nina Simone, please. Can I can please, I please, sidebar please, on, please. on Nina Simone's yes. I put a ball well on your it brings, brings a tear to my eye, man. Fuck so I don't know. <laughs> it was about
2: so probably about nine or ten years ago. Like maybe not that long. Ago. Sometime in the past ten years, I was like, fuck it, I have to get every Nina Simone album on vinyl. And a lot of them are not that hard to get. Like if you keep your eyes and ears to the ground, you can find them. They'll pop up here and there. Um, she had the Colpix era, which is more standards and jazz. And then the Phillips uh, era where she kind of got more progressive. Maybe this is in the mid sixties. And then she moved on to RCA, which is kind of more pop. Like that's the point at which she actually started covering Beatles songs. But anyway, the Phillips era is the golden era. As far as I'm concerned, at least as far as uh, Mina on vinyl goes. Awesome. Um so they all came together pretty easily. Um, there's one that was impossible to fucking find, which was "I Put a Spell on You" from 1966, which is this album. Um, anytime I would see it online, it's eighty or ninety bucks. Now that's more than I like to spend on a record. I like to <laughs> I like I like to hit deals if I can. Yeah. Um, and then one day I found it at this at um, Record Surplus in. Uh, torrents for $6 and 99 cents.
0: Holy shit. That's awesome. And
2: I nearly had a heart attack. That's and stroke-like. I was like, I have to get this out of the store as quickly as possible before <laughs> anybody realizes what I'm holding. Ah! Right. And it feels still, like you're stealing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's still quite, still can't quite believe that I've got it.
0: That's but, an amazing yeah. find, dude. Congrats. So almost 10 hours on this pompous, pompous, genre experiment by paul the french um comment. so oh my god so practically everything on this was done by paul um outside of perhaps the vocal harmonies but that has been debated in circles um i'm not going to play the overlanders number one they went to number one with it as a single i don't i've never heard the overlanders You'll be able to hear the Overlanders when you click onto our Spotify playlist. That's right. Uh, So, guys, can we move on?
4: Yeah, I had an ex-girlfriend named Michelle, so fuck this song. Yeah, fuck this song. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm I'm not kidding.
0: And you know what? It's actually time to flip the record over. Um, And you know what starts, Side 2? A Ringo track. Should we just pretend like we're flipping the record over?
2: yeah yeah but yeah but you got to drop the velvet underground just as a joke you know
4: <laughs> we'll add it um, on, we'll on the playlist <laughs>
2: yeah just completely unrelated it happens to have a it happens to have similar title title <laughs> and is
0: much better absolutely but we but we have to flip the record over it's podcast protocol okay I think that's the Chet Atkins style that we're hearing there with those little... Is that those little guitar things? Okay, that's the term for that. So... Okay. What Goes On recorded November 4th. Um, So Ringo's first writing credit. Isn't that nice? He had uh, some help. He helped out with the lyrics. Uh, But outside of that, this was an early song of John... An earlier song of John's. Uh, it popped up around the From Me to You period. They actually considered uh, recording it around that time. Uh, obviously country and western inspired, which the Beatles uh, love. If you don't realize that, see our episode Beatles for Sale, or listen to our episode Beatles for Sale, where we we get a lot of country-western influences. Uh, again, a song with no middle eight. Uh, just Part and part, um, and as mentioned, uh, those Chet Atkins sort of little chicken picking things are fantastic. It reminds me of, uh, you know, Buck Owens again as well. Uh, but this was recorded during a very late session, uh, slated for 11 p.m. to 2:30 a.m. So uh, again, they were just trying to crank crank this stuff out before saint nick came down uh, those british chimneys <laughs>
2: um is this the only example of a a lennon mccartney credit that adds on another person in this case we're start.
0: that's uh, and george i think they all got credit for this one um but yeah Cause, it's it's good
2: because it, he's not listed oh he's not it's on the mccartney starkey in the book
0: okay yeah
2: um so I just don't know if there are there, are there any examples of Lennon-McCartney-Harrison credits like we're all we're, those three riders are credited because I'm my guess is no, I don't feel like I've ever seen. them. Well,
0: that's interesting. We're going to have they, to.
2: They treated the Lennon-McCartney construct as unbreakable, like and it may well have been unbreakable contractually until they sued to dissolve the partnership.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if there's any because, other for examples, example, give, especially give not before piece a this. chance.
2: Give peace a chance was a Lennon McCartney composition. McCartney wasn't involved at all. Yeah, uh, Lennon- even that
0: late in the yeah, because they were basically breaking up at that point. Um, and yeah, John that was John and Yoko basically. Uh, yeah. who did that?
2: And Tommy Smothers, <laughs> and a bunch yeah. of other people in the hotel.
0: Yeah, Timothy Leary, yeah, a bunch of freaks. But we're not on to that one yet. God, we, no. can you believe we're gonna? We will get there. Probably oh, yeah. in a year and a half from oh, yeah. now, but <laughs> uh, not a bad Ringo song. Not, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite Ringo track, but it's close. It's definitely oh, close. What is? Um, maybe Yellow Submarine or Good Night.
1: I don't think I have one. Probably this, because it's one of the very few I really like of his. I think. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I like. I would. I mean, Yellow Submarine is kind of a jokey song, too, or a kid's song, Oh yeah, yeah. but it's sweet. And I like the backups in that one as well. He's always served well by the backup, by the backup. Not to, yeah,
1: not, definitely in this one.
0: Yeah,
2: not sure. to slow things down right when we're trying to speed to the end. But, Absolutely. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was driving around in Leo's car listening to Sirius Satellite uh, for, for, uh, XFM, I guess it's called. Uh, you know, and... There was one station, the one station that I was always on was the sort of like late 80s, early 90s R&B jams because that one never pissed me off. Every song was gold. But for a little while, mostly for Henry's benefit, I did put it on the Beatles station, which was initially enjoyable and diverting and quickly started to drive me into psychopathic rage because (laughs) it's just like, Oh yeah. come on. The universe is a little bit bigger than this, guys. Like we don't have to be stuck in nothing but Beatles and Beatles offshoots for all eternity. And I just think of them doing this day in and day out, years yes. and years. And so anyway, that's they played a uh Ringo and the all-star band version of Yellow Submarine that was the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm sure that's horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: try- uh, I'm sure Joe Walsh was on it. I don't know who all was playing. Joe Walsh, probably, like, um, who's who's the guy from Toto? Steve uh, Lukather, I'm sure he was on it. Maybe Todd Rundgren was there, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, he lowered the pitch of the song, several pitches. Poor Ringo, you know. He's only got five notes, and those notes get lower every year. So uh,
5: it
2: was just like. And it was, it was just like, it was like baby town frolics. Everything is just like set up to be so easy for. Oh
0: my God. So he lowered the pitch, huh? Paul, Paul
2: Paul is 79 getting out there at SoFi stadium and still screaming his way through Helter Skelter at the original pitch.
0: Exactly. I was just going to promote your solo podcast where you discuss (laughs) the fact that Paul doesn't fucking, you know, drop his, drop the pitch in, 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 uh, his concerts currently.
2: Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, listen to the Beatles XFM if you really want to go. Just like
0: batshit insane with really, all the uh, deep really cuts uh, that are uh, available. I have it. And I
1: never listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> same reason.
0: Right. Let's move. Uh, let's move on to the next track. Uh, problematic, Girl.
2: perhaps. Girl. This is the answer song. I mean, it is there's a couple of paired songs, right? Correct.
0: Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Mich- yes.
2: Michelle and girl are kind of like the scissoring sisters of this one. Uh,
0: <laughs> Good God.
2: Uh, yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's
0: your the fact that you are just being uh your machismo and your problematic uh, <laughs> I, lust.
2: I am is... I am a radical feminist. I am a radical feminist.
0: Let's um, seethe our way. Can we seethe our way? Communist. Oh, my God. Here we go.
2: I'm not being... Uh, I know. Str- smash the patriarchy. Smash the state. My story All about the girl
5: who came to stay.
3: She's the kind of girl you want so much it makes you sorry. Still, you don't regret a single day. A girl.
2: Let's see
3: if we can get that inhale louder. When I think of it's all the times I've tried so hard to leave her, she will turn to me and start to cry. And she promises the earth to me, and I believe her. After all this time, I don't know
5: why. I'll
0: and it's Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. It's not a huge nitrous hit. It's Girl. So November 11th, this was actually the last song that they tackled for the album. Really? Yep.
2: Interesting. Yep. They don't sound completely burned out at this
0: point. No, John has some odd energy for sure. So we got capoed guitars. We got a Greek waltz.
2: Yes, it's a Greek German hybrid
0: to Michel's French pastiche. So you can only assume right. that some—it's well, w- European cafe music. Right. You can only assume they would hear this; that they would have heard that type of music when they were playing in Hamburg. Um, they may have been inspired by that, or like, was Fiddler on the Roof out yet? I'm not sure. Uh, so, Probably. so the symbols at the end, though, the, when Ringo's. Sp- Smashing the cymbals, you can really hear. Um, what is that? Compression and limit a limiter or something that's on yeah. it. it. They're just like they're crazy sounding. Uh, I just wanted to kind of point that out. I mean, it's dude, definitely not a favorite. I can hear the the, right. the polish of the recording. I get it, but it's it's fucked up, man. It's like it's lusty. The the weird pain leads to pleasure line is I'm not sure how to read dude, that. Dude,
1: dudes. Yeah.
0: Is it dude or are they saying tit?
1: Oh, I don't know. Dit, 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 whatever. Think, yeah. It is. I'm, I, it's,
0: I find the whole song. It's more dit. Tit sounds like,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, I'll, I'm aroused. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, what I enjoy about, uh, one of the things I enjoy about doing this podcast is indeed listening to these albums as a whole, in order, and I, I don't mind it. I, I, I appreciate it and accept it as, you know, in its place. Boy. Ugh, that being said, um, <laughs> anyone have any fucking further thoughts on Girl or can we kind of get on? No, I'm
2: sorry. I'm watching the clock. I got like 12 minutes
0: here. All right, we got to do this. I'm looking through you. October 24th and November 6th, 10th and 11th. So this is the third and final Jane Asher-inspired song on the album. Um, Paul basically plays the entire thing. Um, This is one of the songs that you... uh, There's pretty much two or three that you have to wonder if George is even on them. Um, We have... I'm pretty sure, and we'll listen to it here in a second. Is there no conventional drums on this track? Is it just hand claps and Ringo playing the organ stabs? Um,
1: I kind of think so. It's
0: it's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking drop it right now, man.
2: Okay, so there's some kick and on there. Yeah, there is, yeah.
0: Okay, Um, But again, just a real look to the future where uh, Paul had an idea. Paul's living closest to the studio and he's going in and he's just going to, you know, he's just going to handle the whole thing himself. He doesn't fucking need anyone else. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. I don't know. I think you're right that no George because the little lead things that he does are really sloppy and I don't know. They're they're just some of them sound good and then some of them don't. And if you listen with headphones, I never even noticed before, but it goes through a lot more of the part than I thought. It's just turned way down. It sounds real sloppy. Yeah, I like the song overall, but that little detail has always been weird to me.
2: Yeah, it's it's forced in your face. Um, mm. For some reason, the one that sticks out is uh, I, I worked in a Borders around 2001, 2002, and the, they just would play the soundtrack to I Am Sam, Oh which my all Beatles songs done, done yeah. by then contemporary artists, and the Wallflowers version of I'm Looking For You was so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's very faithful. It just was it's completely lifeless. And yeah. uh, and again, just like it jumps out of the speakers in a way that you can't ignore. Every uh, 35 minutes, it comes back around Jesus. in the store. You yeah, know. I'm sorry it's about sad. that. Yeah,
0: but I've I've always loved. I've always really enjoyed this song. 20
2: years later, 20 years later, I'm still thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, fucking hurt you like that. But no, it's always <laughs> been a favorite on the of of mine on the the album. Uh, again, the the, mm-hmm. the uh, overdub percussion, the tambourines, pretty heavy again in this. Hand claps are nice, hearkening back to earlier days with heavy hand clapping with the Beatles. It's pretty off, pretty awesome. Shout out to Toast, as always. Yeah. Um, Hold on. Thank you, Leo. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I'm just
4: warming up, guys. But
2: this.
0: we don't have time. We don't have time.
2: I got, I
4: got like
0: nine more minutes. Hold no.
2: That's it, crazy. Man. I see the lights in your room. They're just going on and off so fast. He's
0: actually like, generating power here in the in the room. So up next is a crazy, crazy, crazy song. Uh, I think I'm just going to play it. We'll get into it.
3: There are places I remember
0: I'm gonna I have to start reading so I don't start crying so uh, recorded October 18th and 22nd so uh, around this time uh, both John and Paul were starting to mess around with uh, the idea of writing more about Liverpool Uh, this the uh, the origin of this song was John sort of planning out a trip from Menlove Avenue where he lived with Aunt Mimi Um, to Liverpool Center with all the notable landmarks and neighborhoods noted along the way. See Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields in the future here. Um, And this was sort of when he got sort of overwhelmed with that idea, this is what he sort of, what it morphed into. A song with no middle eight and an amazing George Martin electric piano recorded at half speed and then sped up. Um and man, there's certain songs that I love but can only listen to at certain times. Yeah I don't just fucking throw this on, dude. I have to be in a state or want to get to a state. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Um, Hold on, I wait. Said- Damn it. All right. Sorry. But yeah, no, it's yeah. It, it's crazy. Yeah.
2: Talking about like this, one of the saddest things I've ever seen on TV was uh, the first episode of Anthology when it aired in I think 1995. Yeah. Um, and in the first episode, the Brian really Epstein the episode, there is right? an, an in my life montage to start off the series. And it's, yeah. they play the whole song uninterrupted set to just faded 16 millimeter (laughs) film of the beatles clowning around in slow motion and it's just so absolutely like crushingly sad i I think it's when brian
0: epstein dies actually i think that's why maybe maybe uh, i'm just
2: remembering it as part of the first episode yeah no
0: yeah for sure but that and it's just uh, yeah it's it's because gnarly because
2: it's just the it's like looking at pictures of people happy and you know they're all dead even though <laughs> they're not literally all dead like yes. it's just uh, it's okay <laughs> it's the saddest thing I saw on TV until that episode of Futurama where the dog dies
4: yes oh my god mm-hmm. uh, I can't watch that
0: episode
2: <laughs> <laughs> that that episode aired like two weeks after my dog died in real time we're starting
0: know. to get to the point uh, w- with some of these albums. And songs where it's just like, what more can you even say about some of this shit? Where it's just like, okay, oh, it's just will. a stone, and we will, but it's just like these are stone cold classics as far as I'm concerned. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, that song hits like anyone who's human pretty hard, you know?
0: Yep, yep. So, um, uh, we are down to three more tracks on this album. Uh, wait, recorded June 17th, and then again, November 11th. And the reason for that is uh, we have touched on this song uh, previously when we did help. Uh, this was recorded. Uh, this was recorded during the help sessions, and then uh, overdubs were let. Oh, fuck. And then overdubs were done later uh, in November. Um, uh, it features the volume pedal that George was super all about during the help uh, recording sessions. Much tighter here. But but yeah, for some reason, this plays as much tighter. Uh, it's, it's always been a favorite, and we're going to hear a little bit of it now.
3: It's been a long time, now I'm coming back home. I've been away now, oh how, I've been alone. If your heart breaks don't wait turn me away and if your heart's
0: strong hold on i won't delay wait. okay again super creative drum not not creative but like nice tight drum fills there just leaving um, those
2: spaces leaving the spaces yeah. where the drums drop out is mm. deconstructing the song you know but I think you can literally hear like the help basic track and then the rubber soul. Like it has that thickness of the vocal harmonies Correct. that you associate with rubber soul. It sounds stony as hell.
0: Yes, it does. Um, what do you think, Al?
1: You like this one? Uh, it's always been a favorite on here. I didn't have a lot of notes on it, but it definitely has always been one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. Um, it, I don't think any song on this al- album is really uh filler but if you were gonna put you know put put one up to be filler potentially it would be this one but uh it's like I said it has that awkward lineage from being from the help sessions uh but I think it sits yeah. nicely here uh almost almost at the end of rubber soul
1: it does do the classic major verse into the I mean minor verse into the major chorus Beatle yeah. magic
0: the uh, classic Beatles magic formula that uh, they've been brewing in the cauldron uh, this whole time (laughs) for sure. Uh, And yeah, for some reason it sounds like George got just got the handle on that volume pedal there at the end here.
2: (laughs) So I'll never use it again.
0: (laughs) Right. It's going in the (laughs) closet. So if I need, if I need someone, uh, the other, uh, George track on the album, um, Recorded October sixteenth and eighteenth. Very Indian influence. Uh, again, using the guitar as a high register, high. Again, using the guitar as sort of a high register tambora. Uh, this song was highly, highly influenced by the birds to the point where uh, the Beatles reached out to Roger McGuinn uh, and thanked him. N- um, Derek Tail- Taylor actually. Uh, Says that as well in his book, uh, "The Bells of Rimney." Does that "bells, bells of Rimney"? Yeah. Rimney is that—that's how, how you say it. Uh, we're gonna play a little of that real quick. Oh, what
3: will you give me? Say the sad bells of Rimney. Hope for the say the
0: bells of so yeah, you can hear the obvious, obvious uh, influence the there. Let's just say, but are you going to get I that? Right. Yeah, I can see why he called him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you going to get that anytime you're using like a capo a uh, capo, 12 string Rickenbacker? Or is that just?
2: Well, it's the. It's more that,
0: yeah.
2: Pattern. It's the picking pattern with a different chord under it.
0: Right. I guess it. I guess it was sort of that, wasn't it? Underneath. All right, but I mean. As far as, uh, the George tracks, I'm always going to be down for some George. And this is, it's, it's a, it's a good effort, man. It's, it's very hippie. Uh, it's very of the times for sure. And the backups again, um, are great. If you go on YouTube, there's some, there's tons of outtakes, about 20 minutes of outtakes, uh, Where they were trying to get the um, the uh, background backup harmonies just right. I think they were gonna release it uh, as an album. Actually, I guess they would put out like studio outtake albums, um, or they were planning on it. At at least with this, if you when you listen to it, well,
4: I would never think that that would be marketable. You know?
0: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, people. Listen to it now, and I yeah, guess they the would have done it. And they would have <laughs> listened to it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They had all sorts of like crazy, like Christmas things and stuff they would do. Um, but yeah, just you can hear the Indian influence, and it's only gonna kind of get more into that um, going forward until it zeniths at um, Sergeant Pepper. Guys, can you believe? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut anyone off, but. Can you believe we're we're down to the final track here? All right, I think we should do it.
2: And it's it's a rough one.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we could have a more problematic <laughs> track to to fucking <laughs> close this out with. Uh, okay, so we've discussed in the past, and it's it's kind of like a running thing. I mean, it's a thing you have to confront when you're dealing with the Beatles and John Lennon. Specifically, he's got you know he's got a, heavy a bit hand. of a mean streak. He's got a bit of a mean streak and. And, you know, this is probably – is this the – It's not subtle. Is this the the Mount Everest of, this of is, it?
2: This is an orgy of lust and violence that I think <laughs> kind of burns the whole concept out, fortunately. Yeah. Like, it's the most – it's like, hey, maybe you weren't getting it in those last, I don't know, eight or nine <laughs> songs I wrote that were – all about threatening violence against a romantic partner. Like I wanna murder you.
1: Yeah let's song. see let's see. And I'm
2: not joking. <laughs> no, let's Let see. me re-emphasize that I'm not being in any way coded or subtle or ironic about this. I'd rather see you dead.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's see if there is any sort of like reading between the uh, lines And then later here. we
2: get, "I didn't mean to hurt you." <laughs> I just, didn't mean to. Just a to...
0: jealous guy. He's just a jealous, just a jealous, a jealous guy. guy. Let's just hear what a jealous guy is capable of. Is that is that all right? <laughs>
2: I'd like to—I'd like to think that Johnny Cash and um, Bo Diddley both heard this song, you know, after having written their various odes to <laughs> not being nice to women. Um, right. I got a tombstone hand and a graveyard mind, but—and they're just like, Jesus, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Simmer, simmer down. For sure. Or just leave a little bit not on the page.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this—it gets pretty intense with the lyrics, for sure. The music. I'm not going to stand up for this song. It's actually, it's, it's kind of a jam, though. It's kind of, it's kind of a fucking jam. Uh, the bass drum pattern.
1: Crazy high harmonies.
0: Yeah, the harmonies are insane. The bass drum pattern, I wasn't even really noticing until Is I heard you, them in these the headphones. Because I was so distracted by the misogyny and the violence and the that those guitar tones, too. The, oh, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty smart. violent guitar It's tones. pretty rough. I might, I'm... I'm torn like and a, twisted.
2: Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't like the way he's. I don't like to the way he's smelling, making me feel. But I fucking love the guitar sound. I mean, <laughs> you know,
0: but I, I just, <laughs> it just fell
4: down the stairs.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it just. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he did. He does. He did actually take some of those lyrics from, the king of problematic. Let's just hear a little bit of that right now.
3: Baby, try to understand. I'd
5: rather
3: see you dead little girl than to be with another man and baby, <laughs> baby, baby. come back. Baby gone. Come back, baby gone. Come back. Maybe I won't play out with you.
0: Baby, let's play house. Alvis in the sun sessions, man. Pretty much verbatim. Um But listen to the Sun Sessions where Elvis stands in a studio for hours ripping off multiple black musicians. It's amazing stuff.
4: (laughs) Elvis wasn't, his whole thing wasn't original? He ripped off black music?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But man, what, what, I mean, it's, Run For Your Life is sort of, again, in a tradition of John Lennon ending an album on a problematic, aggressive, aggro note.
2: Yeah, leave, it, leave him Leave feeling bad. You
0: know. Right.
4: Is there any way that we can hear these lyrics so that way they really sink in, like to my psyche?
0: What are you talking about, Leo? You mean just like strip the lyrics well, down I mean, to their I mean, to their a, raw nature? It's got like. You know, do you want to the, read them or the should music? I? Who wants to read them? Man? I'll, I'll. You want to read them? Go ahead. We'll,
4: we'll trade off. We'll do. We'll we'll stop. All right.
0: All right. You do the first part.
4: Well, I'd rather see you dead little girl
5: than to be with another man
4: You better keep your head, little girl Or I won't know where I am Well, you know that I'm a wicked
0: guy I was born with a jealous mind
4: And I can't spend
0: my whole life Just trying to make you toe the line let this be a sermon. I mean, everything I've said. Baby, I'm determined. I'd rather see you dead. So, I mean, Ugh, those are pretty mellow selling. lyrics, right? It. What a reading. Thank you. Thank what a you. reading. Thank you.
5: <laughs>
2: Rob <laughs> zombies <laughs> from the <our> soul. <laughs> you
0: yeah, you can contact us. Uh, uh, flamingpie, at gmail.com. But guys, thank you so much. Uh, not gonna clown on that album in the slightest. It's one of the <laughs> one of the best. No,
2: I think we've thoroughly... We've, no, we've Just destroyed kidding.
0: it. But <laughs> Rubber Soul is amazing and, you know, one of my favorites. And we're only... We're, I mean, it's only gonna get crazier from here. We're in a the deep, pocket. The podcast deep where we disrespect
2: pocket. everything about the Beatles oh constantly. <laughs> we're, all,
0: we're, we're in a deep pocket going forward here. Uh... So, hey, you
2: guys ever heard revolver? That's, yeah, that's can you believe
0: out. revolver's up next? It's it's only going to get crazier from here. Um, Al, thank you again yeah. for joining us. It's I great.
1: No problem. Sorry, was, I brought all my technical difficulties. With no,
0: we're going to deal with all of them. Edit all those out. We'll either try to edit them out or leave them in or just deal with them going forward by sending you gear. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> highlight them,
4: embrace the imperfections, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, because Uh, People who are listening are used to it. And I want to thank everyone who is listening and who has listened. And as we mentioned, up next is a big one. It's Revolver.